The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. Nobody else volunteered, apparently. Uh, I'm here with my friend, Michael June. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. It's a, it's an honor to be called friend with the legend, man, the Godfather. So, well, we're survivors, brother. We're, we're survivors. survivors. I gotta take my uh, my new my dog's new nickname is the Godfather because he walks around this place like he owns everything and everything is. <laughs> he's, he's I was because we were talking. I was like, he's got to be the Godfather, you know, because he can walk around like he owns the place. You you know so much and you, and so legendary in this market and. You know, just, just the plug for you before we jump in is there's not a Michael June if there's not a Mark Amtower. You know, people like yourself leading the way. And, and I really I say that um, affectionately as I can, because I really appreciate somebody before me who gave a model um, that resonated so well with me. And so it, it just being yourself and, you know, the conversations we have, there's no difference in Mark on the show versus off the show. And that that's one of the things I love about you. Yeah. I have no choice no matter I am what I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point you gotta be, you gotta be yourself. So, yeah. well, here's the cool thing. Michael and I have known each other for by reputation for a while. He's been on this show. I've been on his show. Um, but, we never met until last week, uh, which we're recording this on uh, on August 30. Uh, but last week, I think the 22nd or 23rd, we met physically for the first time at an amazing event, the Hub Zone Conference. So, Michael, give me your give me your take on what Michelle Burnett put together there. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I've gone to a lot of conferences in GovCon, and there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of, yeah, right. But what she does there, I put her in like the top two or three in all of GovCon with what they're putting on, because it's not just the conference topics. In fact, the only session I sat in was ours, right? (laughs) It's the only (laughs) session. Uh, And it was because I couldn't get from our session to the booth or the booth back to the conferences without being stopped. 50 times, whether it was, you know, people taking photos of us or people just saying, Hey, I want to chat about something or a client that you saw the conversations outside of the sessions were just so down to earth, so real. And I was watching people connect and talk about upcoming contracts and things like that. And, and it was just phenomenal. And out of the 750 attendees, I think only about 250 of them were actual hub zone, which is most people think they can't come to the conference because it's the hub zone conference. I invite all kind of people to that conference because of the networking that happens, the amount of primes that were there that were talking, you know, the small business primes that were there to talk small business contracts and things like that and subbing and teaming and all that with people. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And I got to tell you, the other thing most people don't like going to conference for is the food. Food was outstanding. The venue was a little weird, but once you got used to the venue, Food was outstanding, which that's not a thing at most conferences. Most, you usually struggle with that. 
but the the quality of the people that were there, the fact that it was similar mindset of networking and hey, let's do business together. There was so much of that. We were staying up till 10, 11 o'clock at night in the cafeteria area, just talking with different people. And um, it was just a blast. And that's exactly what happened last year at the HubZone conference. And so Michelle has kind of created a trend for me of like, this is a must attend conference for me every single year. And oh, by the way, Arson Federal, we're not a hub zone. We just happen to be presenters. And even if we weren't presenters, we would still go to this conference. Yeah, I I, I was remiss. I did not introduce you and your company. Uh, Mike Lejeune is a partner at RSM Federal, which advises companies on all aspects of doing business with the government. I think that's accurate. Yes. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's It really is soup to nuts. You know, everything you can imagine in, in government contracting. And Josh and I have known each other. My partner, Josh, we've known each other for almost 20 something years. We've been in business together for a decade. And we've helped our clients win a little over $14.5 billion in government contracts. We've trained 23,000 contractors over the years. And, you know, we're just super excited to be in this market. We love it. It's kind of how when we got out of the Army, it's the first job we ever got was in government contracting. So we've always had a passion for it. Because when we got in, we didn't know anything about government contracting. There was no roadmap. There were no websites back then. (laughs) Like, you just had to figure it out. And so we've just packaged all that into some information to help people you know, easily navigate the market. So cool. Um, we're going to kind of recreate part of what we did at the, uh, at the conference together. So Michael and I co-presented a session called branding your company to win. And I'll give us a plug here. It was an SRO room for us. I mean, there were people lining the walls. Uh, so I was, I was most appreciative of that and all of the people who attended. Uh, and you know, even, even if some of them were our friends, not all of them were yeah. people we knew. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so start me off here. Uh, what, what's step one for a company to brand itself in our market? Well, I think one of the challenges for most people, and it's a question that comes up all the time is what's more important that I build the company page or that I build my page. And as a business owner, for me, it's You're always talking about LinkedIn it, or anything, right? Or, okay, but LinkedIn yeah, primarily, yeah. right? LinkedIn yeah. on social media is really the big one. But for me, it's your personal brand is more important than the company brand. That, that's just the one. And a lot of people will fight me on that all day because they're like, well, I don't want, you know, I want to set this up for an acquisition. And if I do that and it's built on my face, it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be difficult if you build a $100 million company. People are still going to buy it. It happens all the time. Look at PayPal. It was built on a couple of guys. They sold it for billions of dollars. Look at other stuff Elon Musk is doing and and other entrepreneurs out there. If you look at a lot of the big entrepreneurs, their personal brand, their following, whether it's LinkedIn or any social media, is usually anywhere from 10 to 100x what their company page is. And they are the mouthpiece for the company. So it's okay to be the mouthpiece and get things out there and get things known because at the end of the day, People buy from people, not companies. I mean, some people buy from that, but it's reluctantly and it's easy to change. Like if you don't have a relationship with Walmart and Walmart ticks you off, now you're going somewhere else. But when you like Mark, you like Mike, you like whoever it is, you stick with the brand and that brand is the person. And so that that to me is the first hurdle for a lot of people to get over 
and to then just start getting after building that brand of that person. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and that's why, you know, in our market, when companies are purchased, you know, the there's golden handcuffs for key players to stay on either as employees or consultants for a set period of time, because those relationships do not uh, novate naturally with the company. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, 8A companies, you know, the, the owner will build relationships inside a specific agency, bigger company buys it, wants to get into that agency. If the owner goes away completely, you know, the relationships are gone. That that business is going to dwindle as the contract runs out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's something you do over time, but it's a pillar to me. And most people are afraid of it. And if you just put away that fear and just start working on that personal brand, the company brand will happen. Because the natural question for everybody to ask is, so tell me what you do. So you've been helping me online with whatever, right? So tell me what you do, or they're naturally curious and they go to your LinkedIn profile and they dig through it, which I think is probably the second pillar there is building a really strong LinkedIn presence. And, you know, you're the master doing that stuff and actually, you know, going through and filling out all of the pieces and of that puzzle, because there's so many things you can do. Most people put their, you know, career stuff in there, maybe a headline, and then they're done with it. There's a lot more that you can do with it. But people naturally go, well, who's this Mark Amtower guy? Let me learn about him. Oh, he does LinkedIn stuff. Oh, he does. Oh, he's been around for whatever. And they go through it. And now they just years, they dig yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just dig into who you are. I mean, that's what I do. Anytime I see a video from somebody or anything like that, or it's a podcast, I go, who is this? Let me look a little bit. Oh, they sell services around this or whatever it is, right? Or even if it's in, in a niche I'm looking for or not, I'm still naturally curious about them. When I see an ad for a company, I mean, take it or leave it. I either like the ad or I don't, and I move on. So that personal brand is so important. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and I want to follow up with you after that, that, that nebulous brand, the tagline kind of thing after this. You're listening to Amtower off center. I'm here with Michael Lejeune of RSM Federal. You can find Michael on LinkedIn at L E J E U N E, Michael Lejeune. Uh, you can find RSM on Federal or on LinkedIn. <laughs> so we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Mike Lejeune of RSM Federal. Again, find Mike and RSM on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I strongly suggest you do so. It's a lot of valuable information, uh, even just calling to pick his brain. So then, then sign up. So got to get the money. We have yeah, to stay gotta, in it's business. all about the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we have to stay in business. So let's let's yeah. talk about that. You know, your your positioning statement versus a nebulous tagline kind of situation. You kind of inferred that at the end of, uh, of the last segment. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of folks, you know, coming up with who you are and what you do is often a, a really big challenge. But it is the question or questions that people ask all the time. Who are you and what do you do? That, that's what everybody wants to know. It kind of goes back to the office space segment, right, where the two bobs are sitting in there and they're like, so tell me, what do you do? <laughs> and for most people, they kind of ramble on for, you know, 30, 40, 50 seconds of stuff. And you're like, what do you do? 
Um, so really getting clear on what you do and providing one thing is super important because I, I always say if it sounds complicated to you, it's going to sound really complicated to the customer and they're just not going to be able to understand it. So I think that's really important. And whether it's a, a simple tagline, like, you know, Nike having their just do it thing, doesn't really talk about running shoes or anything like that. That's in the days of an ad campaign where you have the visuals, you have the audio, you have so many things with that. In government, the way we have on LinkedIn, you do have some of those opportunities to, you know, on to create video and do all that kind of stuff. But more importantly, when somebody stops you and asks you, so what do you do, Mark? Being able to communicate that in a sentence or two, being able to communicate it with metrics is really important. If you heard early on when you asked me a little bit about who I am and what I do, I talked about how we've helped our clients win $14.5 billion in contract metric. We've trained 23,000 contractors metric. Um, you know, one of the things I didn't mention, we've got 2,500 members in our federal access platform. We've written four Amazon number one best selling books. And I could stop there at those handful of metrics and you're like, okay, you're not like the average consultant in your business. I can tell that, right? And so they get that right away. And so for you, I always look at what are those metrics for your business that you can put out there? One, two metrics that show to a contracting officer, a teaming partner, that you actually do what you say you do. Because you can say you're in cybersecurity. You can say you install networks around the globe. But if you don't have metrics to back it up, you're just like everybody else in the market who claims they know what to do, but maybe they're actually working a nighttime janitorial job and just stood up this business and you don't have a single customer. The government's trying to figure out who's BSing them all the time because there's a lot of that going on. So I think including the metrics in with your statement or your little 10, 20 second pitch is, is a key to standing out in the market. Okay. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot to digest there, but you know, the, the whole standing out in the market, uh, there's so many small companies, mid-sized companies that quote, do it. Uh, And when I'm working with somebody, I really like to niche it down to figure out what aspect of it you really make your money at, you know, when, when, uh, when, computer security became a thing. I was on the board of the National Computer Security Association back in the early 90s. Computer security was one thing. Now it's about a thousand things. Right. Um, and by the way, I wasn't on that, that board for my knowledge of computer security or anything technical. I was the marketing guy. But, you know, niche it down, dude. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that... That's the the hardest thing when I sit down with a company and they're like, oh, we do 19 things really well. I'm like, no, you don't. No one does 19 things really well. You do one thing pretty good and you do three or four other things or, you know, that that's typically how it is. And so being able to say within the realm of cybersecurity, we focus on fill in the blank, you know, that's so powerful to people. But I think the hesitation is, well, maybe we're leaving money on the table or maybe, you know, there's an opportunity in another area and they're not going to consider us because they don't know. And my thing is you can build a business on one thing and you can start there 
and then go back to those COs and ask for a capability brief and say, hey, I, we, we came in on the contract we're doing this one thing. There's three other things, four other things that really complement it that we do well. The people forget that after you sell the customer, you've also got to sell the customer. And then after you sell them a second time, you got to sell them a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time. And through eternity, right? You got to keep going back and refreshing their mind because people don't spend all day thinking about you. They spend all day thinking about themselves and their own problems. And so you've got to keep refreshing them about what you do and how you help them. Agreed. Um, and, and, you know, part of that, you go back to LinkedIn for a second is, is leveraging LinkedIn, uh, sharing content, your own content, other people's content to stay, uh, you know, visible to your particular network. But I want to go back to something that you kind of passed on, uh, briefly earlier. Um, you guys have several books out. I have several books out. What was the first book that had your name on it well that's a good question it has nothing to do with govcon (laughs) so i actually wrote two books before i did the govcon stuff and one of them was really just trying to figure out the process of writing a book it's called um business blog bites so it's just these little basically i took uh these blogs that i wrote and i collect them over like a couple of years packaged them in a book put that out in the market i think i sold eight copies um, and then I did uh, my follow-up to the success of that book was uh, the Business Coaches Playbook, which probably sold 12 copies, right? Uh, you know, did really well with that. That was before I was known. That was years and years ago, uh, well over a dozen years ago that I put those books out. And then we got into Josh's book, um, the the Insider's Guide. But the the first one in this market which you're in, you, you wrote a chapter in, is Game Changers for Government Contractors. And it's based off of our podcast. And so, uh, so yeah, that, that's my first. I, I was hoping of. that'd be your answer. Cause I was going to say, <laughs> I have a chapter there. And you have gee, a chapter what did there. I, what did I write about? I either wrote about thought leadership or LinkedIn or both. Yeah. Uh, social media stuff. Yeah. So, so Game Changers <laughs> for Government Contractors, that's my first GovCon book. I'm in the middle of my next book, uh, which we've sold thousands of copies of Game Changers. I'm very happy because I niched in it, right? I niched in government contract coaching, not just coaching. And so that's what really, really helped me. Um, My next book is coming out in the spring. It's called I'm New to Government Contracting. Where do I start? It kind of follows the journey of people and what they need to do from day one when they get in the market. So cool. The other thing about Game Changers, though, that's important, and I did the same thing with my last book, you have about 25 co-authors for that book. So there's two things that that, that does. Number one, it, it allows experts in niches to provide information that is critical for that Game Changer uh, title to be effective. Because you you get into some, you know, back office stuff, accounting, legal, uh, uh, bidding proposals, you know, the soup to nuts, literally. Um, So I I love that. And I did the same thing with government marketing, best practices 2.0. I got 11 of my best friends to contribute chapters because I know a lot of really smart people. I could have written the book myself but it wouldn't have been nearly as good. 
right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but let me ask you, the, the reason I brought that up is I want to know what it felt like to have your book, your name on a book in the government market, your name front and center on the cover. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> is that a, is that a good answer? You know, I I, I I remember the feeling, man. You know, yeah. When in doubt, hire the guy that wrote the book. It, exactly right. And so, a lot of people ask for training on government sales, and I'm like, well, why don't you hire my partner, Josh, because he literally wrote the book called The Government Sales Manual. <laughs> you know, so I mean, the title and everything—it's so good. What was really cool was that was my first Amazon number one bestseller. And, you know, I'd helped a handful of clients get there before, but that was my first one to hit that mark. And we've stayed a bestseller for a really long time now. It's like four years. And um, I'm really proud of what we did in that book. And we do have another book, which you don't know about, um, that's going to be coming out. And probably in 25, we haven't talked about it yet, but I'm going to invite you to write a chapter. And it's it's a GovCon Experts 2.0 type of thing because we had GovCon experts come out in 2020. And so we're talking about doing another one with a, a bunch of the people that are kind of our friends and affiliates and things like that. And uh, we'll absolutely have to have you write a chapter on social media uh, or branding or something along those lines for that book. So count me in brother. I'm there. I am there. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower off center on the federal news network. Michael and I will return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Michael June of RSM Federal. Find Mike and RSM on LinkedIn. Uh, Mike, throw out the uh, RSM website, please. Sure, just rsmfederal.com, or you can look at our membership site, which is federalaccess.com. Cool. Um, federalaccess.com. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. I'm that's our big coaching and training platform. So. <laughs> Mark's face is on that website somewhere, so under go. our team. So, <laughs> um, so the the branding thing can take a lot of lot of uh, forms in the federal market, and you and I have talked about this before. But the capabilities statement can and should be part of the branding process. So, talked about that for a couple minutes, yeah. please. Well, above your marketing collateral that you're typically going to create brochures and all that kind of stuff, your website, all those kind of things. The capability statement is the one universal thing everyone's going to ask you about. And so that's why it is so important in your marketing ecosystem to have something that's really, really simple, really clean, that focuses on that top thing you do, whatever that niche product or service is. And so you're going to change it a thousand times over the years. So don't worry about it being perfect. Get it good enough for government work, get it out there. But we have a several examples in federal access. If somebody wants to go over there, sign up for a free account, you can download, I think four different examples of really clean, slick templates where you can just plug your stuff into. So I recommend you having a really good template. Your logo is part of your brand. But again, when you are just trying to build yourself, your story is such a big part of your brand in your story. That corporate overview should be front and center, right on your capability statement. It should have like some of your past performance on there. And I know some people are going to say you can't use logos. You can use logos of the government until they tell you you can't. And otherwise you can use them because <laughs> everybody does it in the market. You'll rarely get a cease and desist, but occasionally you will. 
uh, and then you just take it off. But anyway, those logos for your past performance are really good. Some of your company awards are good, but I don't need to see your company awards for the last 18 years that go back to the third grade science award or any of that kind of stuff. We don't need any of that. What are your top two or three awards that your company has won? If they're really cool and important, put those on there. Um, and then your core content, you know, like, hey, here's our Sam UEI. Here's our phone number. Here's the government POC. Here's those kind of things. That's all you need for it. Clean, simple, doesn't need to be 18 pages, one page. That's your key marketing piece. Everybody under the sun's going to ask for. Yeah, especially, you know, not not just your government clients, but if if you're looking to partner to sub or to team, you're they're going to they're going to want it first. You know, don't don't bug me with a two hour phone call, dude. Send me your capability statement. That's right. And then we'll chat. That's right. So on that, I mean, you and I have, have discussed the, the visual aspect, the graphics aspect before. Um, I see too many capability statements that the only graphic is if they remember to put it on the company uh, logo. No, absolutely. And I think if you're, if you're selling to the army, put some tanks on the thing, you know, Make it customized to your market. If you're selling to the Air Force, put some jets on it. You know, the Navy, some ships. You know, your product, put some products. You know, there's there's some nice visuals you can put on there. If you have a process that is intellectual property that you can post out there in like a simple little graphic, maybe it's a wheel about how your unique process is. Maybe the process has a name. You know, to be able to visually put that on there, that is huge for people. You know, that, that's a really big thing. And I always say customize it based on who you're selling to. So if you are selling to all branches of the government, have one that's the army green with the tanks, you know, or brown or whatever. Have one that's bluish, you know, with the planes for the Air Force. You know, have multiple versions of that that are visually appealing to the people you're selling to, as well as like the product. So like if you're selling you know, if you're in construction, you're you're going after a, a building contract, put some photos of some buildings on there, right? You don't just put like eight photos of like the plumbing and the electrical pieces on there. Put some gorgeous buildings that make people drool when they see them, right? You know, think about what you're actually doing and what you're selling and come up with visuals for that. It, in today's age, it's so easy and cheap to get those visuals. You should be able to customize those for the opportunities. You should, but there's a caveat here. Several years back, we're going back 10, 12 years or so, there was a company that used kind of a generic ad agency, an agency that wasn't sophisticated in our market. They were going after Navy business, and the aircraft they used, the jet they used, was an Air Force jet, not a Navy jet. And, you know, it showed up in a major trade pub, full, full page spread, right? And uh, and it was the laughing stock of the community for literally weeks. I mean, that's funny. I, I uh, I'll take some responsibility for that because <laughs> I pointed it out and kept it alive for a while. But you just keep poking you know, the bear, right? I well, yeah, it's my job. It's right? funny. It's funny, right? It's like, funny, and it's a silly mistake. Yeah, it's like so. You've got to know your audience and. What if you knew your audience, if you really were the expert and you'd have caught that, 
you know, that's kind of how I look at it. So that, that is, uh, that's a great example of knowing your audience. And, you know, for me, just because an ad agency says they can create it, it's like, you got to double check it. So. Yeah. My son is very much into aircraft and he could identify, you know, profiles of virtually any U S aircraft from world war two forward. Wow. So I showed him the ad and he started laughing immediately. He said, dad, <laughs> dad wrong jet. <laughs> it's, it's such an easy thing to fix too. Come on, man. But there's nothing worse than having that, like as the background at your trade show booth or in one of those magazines, it's going to live for <laughs> Yeah. And you think your competitors aren't going to point this out, you know? Yeah. They don't even know what you fly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, what a great conversation to have with the contracting officer. Cause most of these primes know the contracting officers, know the PMs. They know all those folks really, really well. Like, man, they don't even know what jets or which, you know, they don't, they don't know anything about this. You know, it's a great conversation to have. You, you want proof. They don't know the client. <laughs> Here it is. There you go. They've supplied their own evidence, right? It's just like in the court, you know, anything you say can and will be used against you right there for the rest of your life. And you did it to yourself. So, Yeah. Um, don't want to go there. Uh, so I want to go back to the uh, capabilities statement for a sec. So you, it's one of the things you take with you to virtually any meeting that you're going to have with a prime, a sub, a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a contracting officer, uh, the the you know, the uh, the Ozdabu or the program manager, right? So when when you're going to a meeting, how do you prep for the individual that you're meeting? So that's a really great question, and our advice is actually not to bring it. So I know a lot of people will show up with that and they're ready to go. And they're like, well, I could do research and whatever, but what are you going to talk about? Where's the direction going to go? You have no idea where this meeting is going to go. And so I recommend you take the meeting, you go through the meeting and whether you have a laptop in your car or if you're doing it virtually, then you customize it based on that conversation. So that after the conversation, whatever it is you were talking about, you can highlight that kind of trickle it right up to the top of the page and make sure that when your conversation with that person matches your capability statement, that's the only way to do it. Cause if you go in there anticipating that I guarantee you're going to miss, you're going to miss way more often than you're going to hit. So, so have the conversation, then customize it and send it right away to them. And they're going to be blown away. Cause they're like, man, he said they do cybersecurity and this, that, and their capability statement said it, and that never happens, right? And that's how that's how you make it mesh and and really impress a customer. Okay, I like that. Um, I don't did I don't even know if we covered that in the uh, in our session. No, we didn't get a chance so, to. So no, we. we <laughs> I don't think we stuck to the script. <laughs> no, I, I think after the first slide, when we were off track, I think I just skipped to the, uh, our contact information was like, we're just going to, we're just going to run off the rails here <laughs> and answer questions, and, you know? And and we did. And yeah. it was fun. It was, it was good times. So. Indeed. Um, so one other question about the uh, capability statement, is that where, are you going to include your CPARs there? No, no, they don't care. You know, they, they really want to see, for the most part, 
the the basic content, who you are, what you do, uh, that you've got some past performance with some agencies. So whether it's logos or, you know, we built the airplane for the army or whatever, or whoever it was, right. They want to see a couple of little things like that, but it's not any of that stuff. You know, that's what your proposals are for and different things. Um, you don't need it on there. So that's my opinion. So, okay. We're going to take our last break and we'll be back to wrap up after this. You're listening to Amtower off center on the federal news network. Mike and I will be back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with my friend Mike Lejeune of RSM Federal. Uh, again, Mike and I only met for the first time like a week ago, uh, but we've known each other by reputation for a long time, and uh, and we've had some uh, interaction via web like we're doing right now. Uh, but it was absolutely cool to be able to co-present with him at the HubZone conference. Thank you, Michelle Burnett, for that. Um, and that, that kind of leads me to our final topic here. Keep showing up. What yeah. do you mean by this and how, how should contractors uh, take this and what should they do? Yeah, well, whether it is social media or customers or conferences, one of the things that people don't realize is the volume, the amount of times you have to keep showing up in front of people. You know, when it comes to customers, you often don't get the sale on the first time. You often have to show up 10, 12, 15, 25 times before somebody buys from you. And most people give up after one or two. It's the same thing on social media. When you're trying to build a brand, you've got to keep showing up. Somebody stopped me after our talk the other day at the HubZone conference. It was like, Mike, I don't understand what's going on with our strategy. You know, we post on LinkedIn once a week. And I'm like, dude, I post seven to 10 times a day on about five platforms. You know, that that's why what I'm doing versus what you're doing is getting a lot more traction. And I've been doing it for years. So if you're doing this and you're 90 days in and you're frustrated with your one post a week and you stop for six months, you got to start the engine again. And so, cause you've, you've gone away. And so people just don't understand the volume. And that's, if I could communicate that one thing, it's more than just once a week and it has to be consistently. And if you're only going to do once a week, that's fine, but don't stop. Don't take a break from that for six months and go on sabbatical from your once a week posting. Right. And, and mix it up too. You know, it's not just a text post, you know, we have newsletters that go out through there, through their newsletter feature. It used to be the article feature, but now we've used converted over the newsletter side of it. Um, We do videos. I have set videos that come out every day. Um, Then I have kind of off the cuff videos. I do like I did a, a, what's up Wednesday one where I plugged that you and I were doing this and I talked about it really simple stuff that you can do. I have kind of stream of consciousness stuff where I do where I'm thinking about something like, Oh, that might be funny. And I just post a little thing in there. I comment on other people's stuff. So I'm showing up there. I, and it's genuine type of things. I ask questions. Um, one of your favorite tips, anybody comments on my stuff, I'm interacting back and forth with them as well. And so I'm just consistently in the platform. In fact, I have it up on a screen. I have two screens in my office. I always have it up on one of those screens so that if I think of something, I can jump in and put it out there to the world. 
And then usually from there, it gets grabbed from LinkedIn and sent over to TikTok, which I know is a bad word for a lot of people, and then into YouTube and other different platforms as well, because I'm, I'm trying to show up where the people are showing up. And so that's just on social media. When it comes to the clients, it's, you know, not just showing up at an RFP, but showing up in the RFI process. It's calling them up. It's emailing them. It's interacting with their small business rep. I mean, there's so many ways to show up. Industry days, conferences. You know, conferences are an interesting one where you go to the conference the first time and people are like, oh, this is the first time. And then you show up the second time. You're like, oh, we're old friends. You know, and by the third or fourth time, it's like, you know, you've got your gang of people you hang out with because you kept showing up and they saw you at other conferences. Well, we're at the Hub Zone. Now we're at the 8A. Now we're in uh, Alaska. Now we're in Hawaii. Now we're in Gold Coast, SOF, whatever it is, right? So you keep showing up and prove that you're not going anywhere. And that's really, to me, the foundation of how you build a relationship and build a brand with all of these people. I, I agree completely. One of the things when I, I have a small biz coaching program too. And one of the things that we start with is where do you spend your physical time? Are you in an association? If you're a member of an association, do you actually participate? Is there a local chapter for you? So I'm in AFCA. I live in Maryland, but I joined the Northern Virginia chapter of AFCA because Number one, I've spoken there several times before, and I've always had a great time. Uh, and and I know they're going to have, you know, a significant number of companies there that I want to do business with. Um, yeah. So I, I'm getting, I not only attend the sessions, I'm getting involved in planning some of the events. So, you know, the visibility factor there as a worker bee, yeah, you have limited time. So you don't belong to 10 associations. You belong right. to one or two. And so, and, and I, I don't know if you guys belong to all of these or not. You probably do. But, you know, I, I was talking to you about, uh, you mentioned the other day, uh, the, uh, the SDVOSB conference coming up early next year. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, we should go do that. And, you know, Josh is on the board, right? What a surprise. There's a number of associations for small businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, HubZone is great being involved with that. Um, 8A is great. And you don't have to be one of those statuses to get involved and go to their conferences. In fact, a lot of people aren't. Same thing with SAME. That is a great organization, the Society of American Military Engineers. 20-something thousand people as part of that. You know, you mentioned AFCA. I don't, they may have a million people in that thing. I don't know. They've got a lot of people in a lot of chapters. It's a great organization. chapters worldwide, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've had them on the show as well. And, uh, you know, just great organizations, and there's just great people. And it's not hard to volunteer because guess what they need? They need volunteers all the time. So you can volunteer at a conference. You can volunteer at a local chapter. You can volunteer behind the scenes. There's so many ways for you to keep showing up. And that's really, again, that's what the name of the game is. When I'm talking to people, I always say, how many conversations are you having with new people every single week, every single month? Because that is a metric that identifies how fast you're going to go in this market. And if you're only having a conversation a month or two 
Um, I mean, you're just not going to go fast. But when you're having 20 conversations a week, which my schedule this week, I, I had two or three coaching calls from after the conference, but I had like 18 appointments after the conference. That was my schedule this week. I've got 15 appointments already scheduled for next week. And so those are conversations with people that have found us on LinkedIn, found us at a conference, found us on YouTube, TikTok, whatever, and want to have a conversation because they need help. And I may not be the right person, but I'm, I'm that I am at least pointing them in the right direction. And, and that's what's helpful to my brand. Cause I'm known as a connector as well. So you are indeed. Um, and it was, it was fun connecting with you on LinkedIn, fun connecting with you in person, an absolute blast co-presenting with you. So keep showing up. We've got about two minutes left. So give some final advice here. Yeah, I think that keep showing up is probably my number one thing. But the number two thing is, you know, I want to encourage anybody that is struggling right now to just stick with it. That's the one thing where, you know, I think you and I were talking before the show of we've outlasted so many people and just stick with it. And over time, I kind of have this formula where it's like doing the right stuff plus the right volume plus over time usually equals success. So it's not just the right things, you know, you've, you've got to add that time element into it and you will reach success. Most people see all of these overnight successes or what seems overnight for me, overnight success took a little more than a decade. You know, that's, that's how long it took. So it looks like I'm an overnight success, but man, it's, it's more than a decade's worth of just hard work behind the scenes no one caring what I was posting, no one liking it. And then all of a sudden there was a tipping point. I don't know where your tipping point is, but if you stick with it, you'll find it. There you go. Michael, thank you, man. This has been a blast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I look forward to speaking with you again somewhere else soon. Maybe it's the 8A conference. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. We'll we'll find a couple of venues in the near term and several more over the longer term because there you go. we are definitely going to keep showing up, dude. Absolutely. Appreciate it. This is not my day job. I do advise companies on marketing to the government. I specialize in some areas that Michael and I discussed today. I help companies build subject matter expert platforms, leverage content, and build that around a serious LinkedIn social media presence. So if that resonates with you, drop me a line at markamtower at gmail.com. And thank you for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.